What are your favorite sounding cars from each cylinder count? That's a good one. There's of, probably of a there two-cylinder are. car somewhere, but... I mean, um, I'm going to go with a Triumph Speed Triple. I know it's, well, not, it's a car, not a car, but like three cylinders, where you have an I-8. Yeah, you've well, got the, you got the GR, GR Corolla. Corolla. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Mostly because it sounds like a four-cylinder. There's probably other three-cylinders I-8s don't, don't sound very good. Of course not. Yeah. Does anything have, have a V4? Any yeah, car? Yeah, Saab. Saab Sonnet I've has a V4. Or even seen one. Uh, it's not that great. Okay. <laughs> Once you said Saab, I went, that's not the it's answer. Not, it's not the that's answer. That's not my answer. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Off the Record. We love Off the Record. I've used them a bunch, and I hear from you guys all the time that you're using Off the Record. What Off the Record does, man, it's a valuable service to the community. They help keep your license squeaky ass clean. It's excellent. If you get pulled over, what you need to do is use off the record. Do not plead guilty. Do not just send that ticket in because you think that will solve the problem and you can move on with your life. You know why? You can't move on with your life. It will follow you around. Fines and fees, insurance premium increases, you name it. Instead, offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off the Record app and use code TST. 10. What Off the Record will do is fight that ticket for you. They've got an amazing success rate. They cover almost every driver in the United States, and they do their jobs impeccably. They will connect you with an attorney in the jurisdiction where you got the ticket who will fight that ticket on your behalf and get those points off of your record. It's a very affordable service, especially compared to the costs of those tickets, the upfront costs and the hidden costs. And I hear from you guys, like I said, all the time that you use off the record to get out of these bullshit tickets. So go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off the Record app and use code TST10 for 10% off all legal services from Off the Record. Then if you get pulled over, all you do, send a photo or a scan of the ticket to Off the Record and they handle the rest. It's so easy. So many times I've used them and like forgotten about the ticket because I just never hear from them again. And then I'll call them later and they're like, oh yeah, that's just gone. It's gone forever. It's handled. It's so money. Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off The Record app. On today's cruise show, I have some trouble with my Italian cars and my Italian scooter. They finally broke Twitter, wah, wah, wah. We talk about the uh, Goodwood UK live podcasting plan, as well as what I will be doing in Pebble Beach. And boy, do we have some fun games uh, brought to us from our patrons at patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. And we talk about all the cool parts we bought for our C6 giveaway Corvette. Uh, Zach and I are in studio for this crew show on the smoking tire podcast. When are we going to, when should we put this show up? We could put People, it up Wednesday. We could put it up when and have or we put it up tomorrow. Put it up Monday or Wednesday. I don't know. Whatever day we put it up. Happy 4th of July. I hope you guys are having fun. Hope you still have all your fingers. <laughs> yeah. I thought that Be all careful. fireworks were illegal in L.A. County, but apparently that's not the case because mm. as we were walking uh, down Sentinel Avenue the other day, 
um, on our way back from dinner, there were like multiple pop-up fireworks stores in parking lots. And I think... Where were you eating? In Inglewood. Uh, okay, this says all fireworks are illegal in the city of Los Angeles. The city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Now the city, Inglewood may be its own city. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know exactly where the line is drawn. Because it says you can't sell them in okay. the city. So it's it's wherever we were, exactly. I'm not sure where the exact line is drawn, but like well, let's see. wherever we were, wherever that line is, it was probably outside of the city. Because like for those who don't know, there's L.A., the big fucking L.A., and then the city of L.A., Itself as a as a, 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 a creation is not like a circle like it's circle. It's like there's pockets within the city of L.A. that are not actually part of the city of, of L.A. Right. Such as Santa Monica, Culver City, Santa Monica, Weho. Culver City, West Hollywood, Beverly Hills, uh, and those are the, the like the major ones. Mm-hmm. And they have their, then, own mir- their own mayors, police departments, right. etc. But then like Venice and uh, Century City and uh, Marina del Rey and like other places that seem like they could be their own cities are actually part of the city of L.A. So I guess these places, wherever they popped up these pop-up shops are not – in the city of L.A. Well, I scrolled down and it says fireworks are illegal in the county and possession or use of illegal fireworks can range from a thousand to a, a year in jail. So what the fuck are they um, doing? Really? It said, and this is 2022. Yeah, I thought Where it was are L.A. Fireworks county. Legal? It says illegal fireworks include sky rockets, bottle rockets, aerial missiles and spinners, Roman candles, aerial shells, firecracker, basically everything. So I think there are some, I didn't take a good look at what these folks were selling, but I think like sparklers, smoke bombs, black cats, like things that don't shoot. Right. I think might be okay. They might They might have found that loophole. And that's probably what they were selling. Or they're just operating illegally and they make enough profit to when they get shut down, they pay the fine. And like, I mean, that would be pretty crazy because like, be, it's, like it's like a, a business. It says TNT fireworks all over the thing. It's not like they're selling it out of the back of a fucking box truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's, it looks like they look like the Christmas tree places. Uh, I don't know. It's it surprised me because I mean, and it's it's not like people don't have fireworks here. Every Fourth of July, the whole fucking city catches on fire. Basically, those ov- those overhead videos that people mm-hmm. take from helicopters and planes on Fourth of July here are insane. Let's see, is this from this year? Oh, this is this year. Uh, some places are selling quote safe and sane fireworks. Safe and in sane. select cities across the Inland Empire. Well, this uh, is not this is not Empire. Inland Empire. It's close, but yeah. huh. this, this was maybe it's the safe, all, insane thing. I guess. So. Yeah. So yeah, like sparklers and stuff that are not likely to cause not a, lot a projectile. Of damage. Yeah. And probably they don't explode. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting, um, bro. Like, you remember that the Seinfeld episode where it's like Jerry's even Steven. You know, like, like go, a bunch of good things are happening to George, and a bunch of bad things oh, yeah. are happening to Elaine, and then Jerry's and kind like, of in see, the middle. It all evens out for me. I have, I have all of that, but within one. So, like, good thing happened. The Acura NSX that I bought, uh, a, an identical twin to this car, same year, same color, same miles, sold on Bring a Trailer yesterday for like. 
a shitload more money than I paid. Shout out to Tony A., who's a patron <laughs> who I bought the car off of. And he knew he was giving me a good price on the car. We we're keeping it in the family. And if he wants to buy it back at the new price. Yeah. <laughs> Evil. No, no. Tony A., Tony A is extremely legit. And, uh, and he gave me the keep it in the family price. He's not only a patron, but a great, a great customer of, uh, of the shop also. And so, but this car yesterday uh, proved that the market is, apparently the market went up yesterday for these cars. <laughs> because the, the number I gave him was actually based on past public auction sales over the last six months. Yeah, you're not going to look at the results and go, I'll give you that minus 40. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was, it whatever, was like literally like where the market was until yesterday. So the good news, it's up. Mm-hmm. That's the good news, okay? Uh, and it's up by a pretty, pretty nice little number. So happy about that. The flip side of it, remember we talked about the Vespa stalling? We thought it might be a bad fuel filter. Yeah. I put some new fresh gas in it and a little bit of additive, a little cap full of a uh, fuel injector cleaner. I didn't ride it a ton, rode it like five, six miles, thought it was okay. On the way over here today, it stalled again, and the check engine light came on. Hmm. It has a check engine light. Interesting. So it stalled. It did not immediately restart. I had to turn the key off, take it out, turn, put the key back in, and then it started again. Oh. So I'm not – and then I rode it here. I'm not really sure what's up, but the check engine light is on. I mean, now I'd bring it to somebody. Now it's going to have to go. I don't actually know if it has an OBD port. We might be able to use one of our little scan tools. Oh, let's see. What year is your Vespa? I don't know. We can figure it out later. It's a 2019 GTS 300, but like... I'm not really sure what's going on, but I assume if it has a check engine light, it it has some kind of port to figure out to diagnose it it somewhere. It must. I think it probably does. I haven't really looked. OBD.5 maybe because it's so small. Yeah, I mean, no, do, do motorcycles too. use OBD too? I don't know. I've I don't never know. diagnosed a motorcycle. I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. That, you know who that sounds like a job for? Vin. Vinny Russo. Yeah. That's who that sounds like. But also, so there's that. So I guess something is wrong with the Vespa or possibly wrong with the Vespa. But, dude, yesterday I pulled the 328 out of my garage, which is at, it was at home, pulled it out of the garage to wash it because I wanted to go for a drive this morning. Uh wash it in my fucking driveway, put it back away. And then, okay, fine. This morning, I pulled it out to go for a drive with Hannah. She goes to get in the car, and she slips in the garage and falls. She's fine. Oh, okay. She's okay. But, like, it's it's a concrete floor. Like, what are you slipping on, like, is the question. And I go, I'm like, hmm, that's odd that she slipped on something. Now, there was a little bit of oil on the ground because the POW drips a little bit of oil. And um, there was a couple drops of oil underneath where the Ferrari engine is. And I told Donnie about it because it has to go for its annual service and he's going to nut and bolt it. Um, And he was like, Donnie was like very embarrassed that this car dripped any oil. He's like, that shouldn't be happening. Don't worry. I'll fix it. Fine. Whatever. But Hannah slipped and slipped, and I was like, man, that's – I was like, where did you slip? She's like, on the garage floor. I go, no, no, exactly where? And she was like, over there, and just sort of gestured. And I assumed it was where – she didn't know why I was asking. She thought I was asking a stupid question. She didn't – I didn't explain why I was asking. But then we go to drive away to go up to Malibu for breakfast, and I have no power brakes. 
And I realize oh. immediately as I back out of my driveway and I go, well, I don't have power brakes. And then I go, I just try to drive and it, yep, no power brakes. And so I slowly go, you know, around and make a U-turn. I pull back into the garage. I don't pull And I look up at the front of where the car had been parked, literally directly underneath where, like, the brake booster is, which mm-hmm. is in the front by the spare tire. There's, like, a puddle, like, a foot across that's slippery. Brake and I was, like, wow. I was like, is this where you <clears throat> slipped? She's like, yeah. So she slipped in brake fluid. So... That puddle was not there the day before. When I pulled the car out 20 feet to wash it, that that puddle was not there. So somehow, overnight, this car, the brake fluid thing sprung a leak. Or maybe if whatever leak was there was like about to break when you pulled forward and got on the brakes to come to a stop in the garage, that could have broke the dam. I and mean, then it just goes, yeah, maybe. starts I leaking. Mean, uh, bad news, you know, no power brakes needs to be fixed. Good news is like it happened in my driveway. Yeah, you know, it didn't happen like on the highway or or, or the hill at the bottom of yeah, the street. Yeah, you know, yeah, make yeah. a sudden left. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, so anyway, your handbrake works in that car, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and like the brakes work. Like I, you, if you stand on them, like you can stop the car, but it's hmm, okay. It's not. It's not like I had. It's not like if you press the pedal, it sinks to the floor. Right. It's just that the power assist was gone. Okay. Wow. So like, you don't want to drive it like that. But um, so I got the flatbed coming later this afternoon to take it to Donnie. Oh, that's. I was gonna drive it up there on uh, Thursday to do to get the oil changed and all that stuff. But I was like, guess what, Donnie? So I'm not driving up there mm-hmm. now. Now you get now you get the. So, but like, so like, good news. NSX turns out worth more than I paid for it. Bad news. All my other Italian shit is broken. Well, you can my roll Italian the, scooter's broken. My Italian two both of my Italian cars are down. Roll the increased value of this into the repair bill Donnie will give you because while you're in there, he'll find some right. things. Yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. Vespa does have an OBD port. It does. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, we'll can, plug it into the scanner and yeah. see what's what. Maybe they'll maybe it'll tell us. Yeah, it should. Um, oh, I looked up by the way that fuel filter. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. It's not nothing. It's like this big. Wow. I mean, it's the size of a thimble, but it's one hundred and fifty dollars. If it's a Bosch part or something, turns out it's like, Italian is as Italian does. Yeah, but where does that come from? It might be a cheap know. fuel filter. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's an inline fuel filter. It can't I, I, be very how much could it, you know? How much could it cost to make? How much could it cost to make versus cost? how much do they rake you over the coals for? Right. When you uh, when you get it. Yeah. But uh, so ups and downs with the. Uh, do, you, do you take the Vespa to, Vespa to Icon, or you take it to Vespa dealer, or like who works? Uh, on that? Well, I don't know how it might. It could be under warranty. Uh, I'm not sure how long the warranty is on the. Actually, it's probably not four years. It's probably probably, not. probably two or three. It's at not the a Kia. Most. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's a Vespa dealer in Sherman Oaks. There is uh, Del Amo Motorsports down in uh, El Segundo. Uh, or there's Iconic in, in Santa Monica, one of those three places. I It would make me feel very good if it was, like, something we could fix ourselves. That mm-hmm. would be nice. For sure. It's not a particularly complicated uh, thing. And it was, like, just serviced. Yeah. Like, it was serviced, like, 200 miles ago. So I don't know. Vinny will fix it. I think Vinny helpful. could probably fix it. Um, speaking of things being broken, uh, they finally broke Twitter. Like yeah, I saw they it. restricted all these. Oh, they fucking the number broke of accounts it. you go, can view. Go, it's really can, weird. Are you logged into my Twitter to the Smoke Tire Twitter? No. Um, if you if you try and try and just try and pull up Twitter right now, Twitter.com, and see if it works. So it oh, won't. 
uh, you can, I don't know, don't show the screen, obviously, but you can probably sign in with Google for for my email and I, uh, or. Maybe this one. I don't know, maybe. See what happens. Maybe See we'll if make, that works. Uh, uh, you've never done this but before. But Twitter, like, was fucking up. Like, it literally wouldn't load feeds. It wouldn't let you view replies. It was, like, twitching. Like, it was do this thing where you, you know, the pull down to refresh yeah. thing. And it would, like, have a little seizure. And it said, um, it was saying, like, you're uh, rate limited. And, like, fucking you-know-who, uh, king of his own domain, put up a put up a tweet that said, oh, good, someone is, has the username TST Podcast. Um, put up a tweet saying that, like, people were, it was limited to how many tweets you could view yeah. in a day. So if you were if you were subscribed to the, to the blue check mark, you could view uh, like 6000 tweets a day. If you weren't subscribed to the blue check mark, you could view 600 tweets a day. If you were a new account, you could only view 300 tweets a day. Which if you take that on face value is a horrible business plan. Yeah, I you're... I don't believe that. I think that's a Oh, That's a blame other people for for uh for everything else. So it does look like so for were you, you looking for, at it on your phone or on uh, desktop. Okay. So there were a couple of explanations. One was that apparently uh the Google Cloud contract renewed on June 30th. It was like a billion dollars. Oh. And they and they stiffed him. I I've, I've heard that he does that. Yeah. So that was one, and they were trying to get their shit off of Google Cloud, and it didn't work. Uh, number two was they did they they made up some excuse to try to force people to buy the the Twitter Blue verification, because Twitter, it, for a lot of people, became basically unusable. Mm -hmm. For me, it became totally unusable, like, like totally unusable. Um, which in which case also a horrible plan. It's a bad advertisement. It's like now it's. I don't know. It's it's been getting worse. And if they were like, now you can't look at very many accounts, I go, okay, I guess. I mean, limiting how much you can look at Twitter, like that's not a good idea. It's not it, a good business plan because no. the whole point of apps is to keep you engaged. And then there's – I don't know a lot about how DDoS works. I'm not like a computer science engineer. But there was apparently – there is something that's like a, a rate limit. This guy, Yoel Roth, who is on Blue Sky now, who was the director of, like, trust and safety at Twitter. Mm. He was the guy that tried to stay when Elon took over to, like, make sure shit worked. And then after, like, two weeks, Elon threw him under the bus and sent his freaks right. after him. And, like, they like he had to, like, leave his house with his family because the freak army was, like, all about it. So I don't know a lot about DDoS, but apparently the third explanation is that they messed with something in the back end to try to force people into getting verified by limiting how many how many tweets you could view if you weren't verified and basically the the software started like eating itself. Oh yeah, it floods uh like DDoS attack. This is a very, it's a very common like attack It's a hacking servers. thing. Yeah, yeah, but it basically floods a server with like too many requests right. and it crashes it. And right. so um one of our Commenting. Someone, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm not doing justice to what it is, and a million commenters that are well versed in computer science engineering can can explain exactly what it is. And if you're watching the live stream and can do a better job than me, 
Yeah, someone said the client software would glitch and start submitting requests over and over and over and over and over when they didn't get a response. Right. And that caused an accidental DDoS attack. Right. And then it kind of crashed everything. Yeah. But, like, it was, I mean, when I tell you that Twitter was down all day yesterday and then into at least about 11 o'clock this morning for me, like, unusable. So, yeah. We were wondering when he was going to break it, like, because we actually, Hannah thought that it would break a bunch in the short term, but in the long term, it would probably end up semi-functional. It turns out she was the opposite. In the short term, it was a robust enough system that that even though he made some things work like instantly worse, like on the what's happening uh, tab, even if you just pull it up, you can see immediately on the on the what's happening thing, which used to be trending on the right, mm-hmm. it just has a list of topics. Mm-hmm. It used to have little one-sentence summaries underneath of, like, why it was trending. Oh, because people that used, would be nice. I forgot about that. Yeah, it, it would be yeah. nice because it was there. It, it was there before. There was a, a couple of people whose job it was to do that. Because to a celebrity would be trending, mm-hmm. and they'd want you to know that that person didn't die right. or did die. That's what everybody thinks. R.I.P. Alan Arkin. But like, but now you can fit more topics, maybe. No, no, they just fired the person. Oh. They just fired the fucking people who did it, and it's just oh, gone. Now. They're like, we it's don't just, need these people. It's just anything. like, yeah, it's just that's a feature that's gone, and so, but, but the software carried on. But, uh, but yeah, it did, it did get broken, and I, so I made an account. Someone, one of our fans, sent me an invite to Blue Sky. Which he said he was going to send you an invite too. Okay. So I made an account at Blue Sky, just to check it out. So far, it seems like an almost exact clone of Twitter, but with less garbage and no Elon, which is good. Um, but I, I, I went on uh, Instagram and posted that I made this account, and I walked away from the post for like twenty minutes. And I came back, and there was like 200-plus comments. And at first I was like, oh, shit, is Instagram fucking up too? And then I realized, I looked, and it was like, no, instantly a flood of the dumbest people you've ever fucking seen dove into the comments of this post to say, oh, you don't like free speech, and oh, you're obsessed with Elon, and oh, this, and oh, no, you, and it's like, no, no, Twitter actually is broken, like, because I said something about them finally breaking Twitter, and uh, a bunch of people that did don't know what free speech is, and how that works, and a bunch of people that think I was making a political statement rather than mm. a literal, they finally broke it. Because um, in the beginning, a lot of people left went to Blue Sky because they were making a bit of a political choice. Sure. So that's what people f- remember, but they didn't look at Dude, the Dude, I post. use, I use yeah. things all the time in my life that are run by horrible people. I order things on Amazon. I've shopped at a Walmart. Like, yeah. like there's shit I do in my... I drive a car. The, the company was founded by a total fucking anti-Semite. I got another car. The company was founded by a Nazi. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I use shit all the time that it's, we can't escape using things that are fucking run by shitbags or founded by shitbags. Like, we just can't. Like, it's part of, like, you You can if, you, if you're really, uh, if you want to be a perfect person and, and make a political statement with every dollar you spend or service you use, like, knock yourself out. But I was just like, no, no, they actually broke it. Like, it's broken. Like, I bitched about fucking Elon Musk on Twitter because he was making it worse, observably worse. Mm-hmm. But like 
No, no, it's really broken. Now. Well, if this, if this is a sign of the times where it's going to keep falling apart, then like you don't want to be attached to that sinking ship. Right. But also, like, I liked Twitter for like it wasn't a perfect yeah, system. Yeah, I loved it. I like it more than Instagram still. Yeah, but like a lot of the most interesting people that uh, that provide amazing uh, historical and cultural context and criticism to what's happening in our world today, because nothing ever really happens for the first time. Um, that's where I found all them. All those books I read, I found their authors on Twitter. If that's you like, like reading, writing, yeah. or news, Twitter's where you go. Yeah. Like, you're not going to find that on Inst- on Instagram. Or yeah. like even in Reels, you might get book reviews, but you're not going to be get like people aren't putting you know in depth written content. Yeah. Actually, the Intercooler was the first Instagram account I had seen mm-hmm. that basically posted their web content magazine just in screen grabs. Yeah, and it was really smart. And I've seen other automotive publications do the same thing yeah. recently. They don't really do that anymore because now you have to subscribe, yeah. which it is worth $5. Yeah. That is $5 a month worth spending. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. $5 a month or $8 a month to get the thing that you got for free for a decade plus uh, and, in fact, are contributing value to. Well, and the take rate on the blue check mark has been incredibly tiny. Oh, it's horrible. Really small. And it's almost universally terrible people. And th- like anyone who ever responds to anything I post on Twitter and has a blue check mark is the response is 97% trash. Hmm. Like it's just like someone with horrible takes, someone whose fucking avatar photo is a cyber truck or, you know, like whatever. It's just yeah. all straight garbage. It's, yeah. like, it's a badge of like this person actually is a moron. I just it's a fa- it seems like a failed business case because it's like it's not even someone did the math and the take rate on the blue check mark is so small that it doesn't cover the interest. On Twitter's yeah, on the loans. loan, right. Yeah. So, like, that's not a good. I mean, if you were to break it intentionally, it might get you closer to a bankruptcy situation and you might be that's able true. to. I don't know how that would work. Default on the debt and I mean, get this out of is it. like this, this new thing of trying to push people to get a blue check mark. Otherwise, you limit the amount of content you can see. I don't think that'll work that much. Like, I like Twitter, yeah. but when I saw that I can only see eight, 600 posts a day if I don't increase my or, you know, get a blue check mark, I went, well, that seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, so. but it's actually not that many. I mean, if you if you're on Twitter a lot, mm-hmm. tweets are pretty small. Yeah, and you can you can scroll past a lot. You can, and there's a lot that are repetitive. And if you and oh by the way, when this fucking thing took a shit, threads died too. So people would write a post, and then oh. it'd be like thread, and you'd go read more, and it was like uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, and it just wouldn't work. So like. It it was really broken. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll see a, a, the thing where it's like like when COVID shut everything down and then people had to post nature's healing because animals were able to go back yeah. out. Like they'll break Twitter and people will be able to just go back outside yeah. more yeah. and get more done. Before it broke, one person did uh, tweet something important at me, which I do think adds important context to the thing we were saying the other day about the Tesla charging because I was saying like, like – kind of implying that it was sort of a failure of capitalism. But someone did say that it's not a total failure of capitalism because got to take a quick break from the action, folks, to talk about Blackview, the best dash cams around. I love these Blackview dash cams. Whenever I go on a road trip, I hook this thing up and run it. They've got so many, but the new one we want to talk about is the DR970X two-channel LTE cam. It makes it easy for you and your vehicle to stay connected anytime, anywhere. 
wear. The Blackview DR970X two-channel LTE offers superb 4K Ultra HD image quality and easy LTE connectivity with the built-in SIM reader. It's got two cameras, front and rear, and the front camera capturing that detailed 4K Ultra HD footage and the rear camera providing excellent clarity in any lighting conditions. Then, with the free Blackview app, you get Wi-Fi or cloud connection with impact notifications and live view, and those videos download directly to your mobile device. With native parking mode, it can be hardwired to your vehicle's fuse panel, automatically switching to parking mode when the ignition turns off. And when you combine it with Blackview Cloud, Parking mode allows for real-time event video uploads to the cloud so you're protected in case of break-ins. Additionally, the dash cam functions as a Wi-Fi hotspot for up to five devices providing internet access on the go. You can experience the best 4K dash cam protection as well as superior cloud connectivity with the DR970X two-channel LTE from Blackview. So... All you got to do is go to blackview.com, that's B-L-A-C-K-V-U-E.com slash T-S-T to learn more about the DR970X two-channel LTE dash cam. Use code TIRE, promo code T-I-R-E, to get 10% off any Blackview dash cam or parking mode accessory, plus free shipping for orders over 200 bucks. Thank you to Blackview for sponsoring today's show. And now back to it. But someone did say that it's not a total failure of capitalism because he, and I assume it's a he, believed that um, the incentives you couldn't access the incentives. Uh, how did it work? Well, I'd love to pull up my fucking Twitter. There was something about incentives that, oh, you couldn't access, uh, no. You couldn't access certain government incentives unless you, you're, if you had a private charging network. And so that's what ultimately pushed Tesla to open the network to other manufacturers. Oh, because it, so it benefits them financially? It benefits them financially because they couldn't access certain tax incentives. I, oh, retwe- okay. I retweeted the guy. Keep going. Keep going down. Keep going down. Keep, the, uh, keep going down. There. That. Uh, I think the government act did a- the government did act adequately here. The CCS1 connector mandate for NEVI funding is what eventually forced Tesla to open up NACS. Now, I did not fact check that, but I do remember them there being something about uh, the about not having a walled garden if you wanted to access uh, the one point two trillion dollar national electric vehicle infrastructure program. Oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Okay. So so it's this that that does make sense. So I did retweet that guy and. Like, mm-hmm. if people have corrections or additional information about shit we say on this show, like, I'm happy to listen. It's just like when your correction is like fucking California libtard. Well, that's you, not you helpful. That's actually, not discourse. Yeah. You have to actually bring some information. Yeah. I, actually, after the last show, I, I didn't feel bad, but, uh, you know, 
you were talking about Tesla's moves and stuff, and I was being very like sarcastic of like, oh, you've never heard of big business before, and of course they're go- of course they're going to say they're going to do one thing, and then not do that thing. Yeah. And I don't want to come off as complacent or be complacent rather, and just go, yep, that's how it goes. Shrug, like you're making a good point that we should call them on these things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I knew you were making jokes, but it's also like a a real thing mm-hmm. that like you don't want to have. Um, and Jason Fenske actually did say that they, that Electrify America was going to be installing NACS chargers. So okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's that that is useful information. And that ca- that that story came out like literally as we were recording. Oh yeah. So that it's not like I missed that before. Like it, I looked at the story uh, on, on the drive that Electrify America was like going to have the thing, or I think it was the drive. But it was like the story came out like while we were doing the show, and so but Fenske. You know who is fucking smart was like, hey, actually, they're they're just so you know that they are going to do this. So like, when I said I was concerned about a monopoly, like that's a good uh, 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 thing to 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 address if you have the information. Mm-hmm. But just but if the response is like, oh, you're fucking shit with fucking Elon is so meme. It's like. We're we're pointing out pretty reasonable stuff to be concerned about here. Yeah, that's why I like when people have when people respond in ways that foster dialogue. I've yeah. had really good conversations with people in both public and private that I did did not agree with at the beginning, or we have very different views on something, and it's been really great when it's been a really nice conversation that is just like as if we were two adults sitting at a table. Yeah, almost like if they're fans of what we do normally. There's kind of a little bit of a, let's call it like a starter friendship in there. Like you share common interests, right? You're into cars. So if you have approach that conversation as if you're at a car show and actually want to hang out with the person, like you might end up in a, in a better place than if you're just like Elon missile fire. Yeah. And then you fire back, whatever, go fuck yourself missile. And it just goes back and forth and gets nowhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there it, it seems like a monopoly may be averted here. Because Electrify America is going to use some NACS connectors as well. And yeah, everyone will have – there will be adapters. You'll be able to buy an adapter or buy a car with an adapter. But like you you just – you don't – the point of all of this, which I am, again, heavily skeptical that any of this will meaningfully change the world and is really masking the, the big problem. But if you're going to pretend that your bullshit is changing the world, then you have to open it up to everybody. Otherwise, you're just greenwashing your fucking becoming the richest people on the planet. Well, look, just because Electrify America installs the good adapter doesn't oh, yeah. mean their payment system is going to work correctly. Right, right. Oh, no. There's, and even Fenske or, was like, you know – Will it work or not is a different story. Yeah. And that's a totally accurate point. Same as saying that just because you can plug a Ford into a Tesla charger, assuming that's going to work better, mm-hmm. is a fucking fool's errand. Like, it might. Maybe it will. But, like, right now all we know is that Teslas work well with Tesla of chargers. Because they're optimized for yeah. that. Yeah, it makes but sense. But, like, if you could all of a sudden, if Apple was like, well, you can now charge your fucking... And Google Pixel phone with a lightning cable, like, are you certain it's going to work as well as charging an iPhone with a, like, 
So uh, occasionally I play Call of Duty with Corey and some of our other friends. And what we have found, this is like one of the biggest video games ever made from one of the biggest video game companies. But you're able to play like a PS5 person can play with a PC person, can mm -hmm. play with an Xbox person. That crashes all the time. Oh, really? And so it's like platform sharing. It's different than cars. It's not total apples to oranges, yeah. but it's complex to get different machines to talk yeah, to each yeah. other. And we've seen this with... Ford at EA or Volkswagen at EA, da 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 da. It's just a lot of complexity in the circuitry and it, the programming. It could work well. When we had um, Ali Javadan on the show, he talked about why the Tesla charger is mm -hmm. better than other chargers. And okay, fine, it's better. Like, that's cool. But, like, will it work with this other car is a different story because it was designed to work with this one particular product True. that has been optimized to work with this one particular type of charger. I think I trust that eventually it will. Sure. I, there will be teething years, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, event, if we stuck with CSS, like, eventually that would work great, too. Like, mm -hmm. it's, 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 um, I just like, it's a, I'm just saying it's a dangerous assumption to make that just because you can plug a Ford or a Chevy or a whatever into a Tesla charger that you will have an experience that is as reliable as a Tesla being plugged into right. a Tesla Right, because hardware and software are different. Yeah. And they are, they each, it needs to be a perfect marriage to work. Yeah. yeah. And, like, you get corporate points for saying you've opened the network. You don't necessarily have to make it work very well. You don't have mm -hmm. to make it cheap. You're, you're saying if if, a, if someone brought a Mach-E to a Tesla charger. And it worked like shit. Right. Everyone will go, we'll just buy a Tesla and it'll work fine. Mm -hmm. You know, we opened it to you. We're not, they're not necessarily guaranteeing a flawless experience. They True. could blame Ford. They could go, well, Ford's fucking this up. Rivian's fucking this up. It's mm -hmm. not us. We opened the network. So, like, you, you know what I mean? You get the points for doing the thing and going, look what we did for you. But you don't get points subtracted when it doesn't work well because there's always someone else to blame. And unless you are inside the company, how are you going to know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. So, so you actually get sort of the best of both worlds. It's like when banks are like, we're going to change our loan policies to make them better for, you know, disenfranchised people. And then it's like, what actually happened? Yeah. Well, you know, six years later, we <laughs> yeah. find out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, and, and yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I bet you if the charging experience is bad for other manufacturers, Tesla will not be blamed. They won't, but this also means, like, if you're EVgo or EA, like, I'm not trying to get Tesla off the hook, but I'm not going to be surprised that a company wants to protect its interests no, no, for over sure. others, right? Well, that's why but, it's supercharging and will never be free to anyone but a Tesla right. customer. Because, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. They're going to make everyone customer. else pay for it, for sure. It's like an airline loyalty program. Yeah, yeah. So, but EVgo, e e Electric America, all of them... This is their opportunity. Like now, you're gonna have the same plug as everybody mm -hmm. else. It's not so your hardware should work fine. Fix your monitoring system or develop one. Good lord, and fix the payment system. Yeah, you know, the payment system is really the stupid one. Like, because people are drawn to the Tesla system because the existing ones from other companies are so fucking bad. Yeah. So that doesn't mean like Tesla shouldn't have to fix the world. These other companies that took a bunch of money to build these systems should fix their house. Yeah, that that too. Yeah, yeah that too. But um, 
So that's what's happening with uh, with that. <laughs> hey, boy. Um, two weeks. Uh, Zach and I are going to Goodwood Festival O Speed. Yes. Uh, courtesy of the fine folks at Lotus. Uh, it'll be our first time. And uh, we're going to be doing two live podcasts on the big Lotus stage. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that will be. Is there, is, a, is there a map? Yeah, you, I, know, I know where it's going to be. You do know where it's going to be? Mm-hmm. Where's it going to be? Uh, well, I need, I need to see a map to show the folks. Plan your day? Go up. Go up to plan. There's a plan your day. Right? Yeah, right there. Or there's also explore. Yeah. I don't know. How, I have maybe, a, a maybe I should look at the website first. I've never seen um, this website either, so... Uh, so uh, we're going to be doing podcasts Friday and Saturday. Uh, do we know what time? Uh, I believe Saturday is going to be 11 a.m. Okay. We'll, we'll post about it, but that's going to be with uh, Jensen Button. That's Saturday. Yep. I'm trying to get Harris to come down for Friday. Don't know if it's going to work yet. So Here we go. You know where the lo- – okay, here's, yeah. a big, here's a map on the screen for our video people. Showing the in. the hill climb. Uh, so we're going to be right here, basically between oh. turns one and two. So it's the inside of the uh, the circuit. Yep. If the cars are going down the circuit, it's the right side of the circuit. Basically, just the first uh, turn in there. I think I think we're going to be right where the mouse is. So just between yeah turns one and two. Right where the what the mouse. The, my mouse. Oh, the mouse. Indicator. Oh yeah, I thought that oh, was yeah. like I thought it was so like Disney Hall. There's a is, Disney. Yeah, vibe. yeah, we're going to be next. <laughs> oh, and that looks like right at the edge of the paddock. Yeah? Yeah. That's and then this this corner is where people sometimes do the drifts and the donuts. Oh, okay, so cool. So we'll be near there. Uh, All right, yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be Friday and Saturday at Goodwood Festival of Speed. S- that's the what? Uh, the 13th and 14th, I think? you got to pull um, that up. Uh, I don't know if this is the 13th or the 14th, the 14th or the 15th. I want to have it right because Sunday, the day after that, we will be doing a live podcast at Caffeine and Machine on Sunday. What is that? So uh, Friday is the 14th, mm-hmm. Saturday is the 15th, okay. Sunday is the 16th. Okay. So, yeah, live podcast at Goodwood Festival of Speed, Friday, Saturday, the 14th, 15th. Live podcast at Caffeine and Machine, which is, uh, if you've never heard of Caffeine and Machine, go check them out on Instagram. It is a permanent uh, cars and coffee destination that our friend Phil uh, owns out in where the fuck is it? It's he. They're reserving us rooms. We're staying there too. Uh, where the fuck is it? Go. Can you go back? Far. To, huh? Yeah. Where it's in? What's the fucking address? Eddington. It's in Eddington, UK, near Banbury, Stratford upon Avon. Oh yeah, closest town is Stratford on Avon. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where that is compared to Goodwood. I don't for, fucking for me like all of England is the size of L.A. County. I know it's not. I know England's big. England's well, was it Rob on the Rob PR uh, runs PR for Lotus, and we were talking about how far things are, and he was like, "Well, everything's really close in England. Uh, you just sometimes have to drive a long way to get there." It was, it was like so well put. That's like a Monty. It was really line. funny. Uh, I think yeah. Um, so this is so Caffeine Machine is northeast of London. Northwest. That's Sorry, northwest. northwest. Yeah, that's right. And then how do you get there from Goodwood? I don't know. Oh, can can you pull up, up a state. directions from Goodwood? What, where is Goodwood Just located? type in directions from Goodwood on, the, on directions. Just type Goodwood. I'm sure we'll get it. Goodwood Motor Circuit. Yeah. How far is that? Fucking far. Yeah. Two and a half oh, hours. Oh, wow. 
Oh yeah, they're nowhere near each other. Okay. No, we, have, we, we talked about this on the uh, on the call. Like it's a it's a long drive, but it's gonna we have. Well, we have Amiras though. We it should a, be okay. We have a good road trip plan. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah no, we're we're gonna be driving Amiras, and I think we're gonna get a little track time at Hethel as well. Yep. I believe. Um, so it'll be fun. Um, and uh, come check us out if you want to see uh, live podcasts either at Caffeine and Machine or at the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Yeah. As well, I imagine the Goodwood. Well, I don't know if the estate is how close the state is to the motor circuit, but I imagine it's pretty close. I, yeah, I don't either, but it's, it's if it's not like right at it, it's probably like real close. Good, Goodwood Estate. Let's see if that's. Yeah, same. yeah, same. Close enough. Okay, cool. Um, so that's fun. Haven't been to England since twenty eighteen, maybe. It's been a while. Been seven years for me. It's been a long time since I've been to England. I, I was in 2016 after our last drive shoot. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was England is fucking. If you're other than uh, other than Southern California, England is probably the best place in the world to make car content. Yeah, everyone's Actually, there. The roads, some of the roads are really good. And Caffeine Machine, I didn't realize how busy it is. They have three car shows a day. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's you buy crazy. tickets. For yeah, it. you have to buy tickets if Amazing. you want to come to see our live podcast. Like, I don't know how you're going to buy tickets yet. I have a call with Phil this week. I'm not sure how this will work, but like maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe send them a DM or something. I don't want to tell, I don't want to send a million people there without like we telling talk them to what f- to do. Because but they, like, they sell tickets to attend the car shows. Yeah. So we should it, click on yard tickets and let's see how we do this. That's maybe this we is. should have prepped for this a little bit. Okay. Weekends in the yard, car clubs, Friday sundowners. Keep going. Keep scrolling down. What else well, is there? Well, it's gonna be. It would be a weekend. Cult in the yard of machine thing. nights. Okay, I'm not. Yeah, it's gonna be weekends in the yard. Uh, it's gonna be Sunday the 16th. I don't really know how. Bring your fucking cool cars. Stay tuned. We'll announce more details on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, etc., etc. Et yeah. Um, but that's pretty cool. Very I'm excited cool. to see those guys, and that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, seems like we got all the parts uh, for our project Corvette. Um, we have suspension. We have QA1 coilover kit. Yeah, we've got MagnaFlow exhaust. We've got uh, some Motul fluids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, air filters from uh, Green Filter. We've got uh, sway bars from oh, what's the name of the company that made the sway bars? Oh, it starts with an H. Starts with an H. I'm blanking right now. Oh, fuck me. I'll find it. Um, we're going to do new brakes. It turns out we don't need to buy like some giant brake kit. Um, we can just do uh, brand new pads and, and uh, rotors and fluid so the brakes will be fresh. Still working on wheels. I'm really hoping to have a set of wheels um, for this thing. Worst case, I actually like the wheels that are on it other than the fact that are, they're chrome. So, like, yeah. worst case, I'll have them stripped and powder-coated gray or silver. So they're they, a good-looking they look wheel. nice. Yeah, they're from, like, a C6. It's, like, a couple years newer. Um, Hellwig sway bars. Hellwig sway bars. Thank you very much. Uh, we have new interior pieces, new center console, shift boot cover. What else did you buy? I uh, got the little buttons, door-covered buttons. The door buttons, yeah. And new uh, floor mats. Yeah, because it doesn't have floor mats, and then we're getting the seats recovered oh, entirely yeah, Cat by Catskin. Catskin's doing new seats for us, and uh, 
and uh, well, and MagnaFlow made us uh, a, a custom exhaust that is a, a drone-free uh, setup because the exhaust that's on there right now drones. It's awful. So um, you can go to uh, go.getentertowin.com to uh, buy a coffee mug. To enter to buy, uh, enter to, excuse me, to enter to win uh, the Corvette. Uh, the deadline is July nineteenth at eleven fifty nine p.m. Um, I don't know what time zone that is, but please don't. If it, if the time zone matters, you've waited too goddamn long. Um, <laughs> technically, no purchase to enter. You can go read all the game rules if you want to to deal with the no purchase thing. It's annoying. Because purchase is encouraged. Mm-hmm. It's definitely encouraged. Go.getentertowin.com to uh, to get the um, – oh, excuse me. Go.getentertowin.com slash TST. Although it says oh, yeah. regular cars also has a marketing arm of this thing. Oh, yeah. I pulled that up by accident. <laughs> yeah. It's regular car reviews – has is also uh, advertising the same car. But it's the same car. It's, it's one car. And uh, we are uh, – we're modifying it in a way that will make it easy to daily drive, reliable, uh, a, a much nicer place to spend your time, and also a little more spry in the canyons. Yeah, in QA1, they make two coilover kits for this. They have uh, like a street sport setup, and then they have like a sporty track setup. And mm-hmm. we went with the softer version because we like things that have a little bit more of a grand touring balance with some sportiness yeah, to it. Yeah, it's not a race car. You don't wanna, we, don't wanna, we don't want to give you a car that's way too stiff that you no, hate. No, that would suck. Um, so that's good. And um, also, I will be at Pebble Beach. If anyone is going to the Concours this year, I'm going with McLaren, which is pretty fun. I'm leading a drive of McLaren owners up there, and I think they're getting me an Artura, which should be lovely. Um, I'm going to be doing a podcast live with Spike, um, and it's going to be on the Saturday at... At it's at Pebble Beach, uh, the golf course. It's where like the forums are. They have like uh, like focus groups and um, talks and stuff like that. Uh, and I will post the links of how you get tickets. There's about I think the place seats about 150 or 200 people. You do have to buy a ticket to go. It's going to be me, Spike, Paul, and Johnny up on stage. Last year's show was really really fun. Um, we sold it out. It will sell out. So if you're going to Pebble Beach, uh, you should come see me and Spike do a live show. I'm also going to be doing another podcast up there with the Chowder Society, which is like an old school, semi-irreverent car group of car writers. Um, I don't know who else is on the panel. But panels, thats it's where the panel discussions are in the Pebble Beach um, area. You might – are you trying to look for where it is? I was going to look up Chowder Society. Oh, yeah. The, the Chowder Society is sort of uh, sort of like old school um, group of car writers that uh, that meets in um, – oh, that's weird. They have a that, – oh, that's the one. Uh, this? Actually, I don't know. Okay. It seems like there might be more than one. Oh, go down. Go go back down. Madison, The Madison Avenue Sports Car Driving and Chowder Society. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. They do a thing in New York, and they have, like, members, and it's, you know, whatever. I don't Got know. it. Okay. A bunch of the guys who used to write for, like, Car and Driver and Road and Track when I was, like, a kid, they're all in it. Johnny's in it. Davey Johnson was in it. There's 
people like that. Uh, so they, they're having a, uh, a panel discussion. I think it's also Saturday at Pebble Beach. So uh, check that out. Okay. We have a bunch of questions that are both left over from mm-hmm. the last show and the new show. Uh, of course, patreon.com slash the Smoke Tire Podcast. Uh, again, if you want to get the uh, my watch release uh, from Notice, it's coming this fall. Uh, Pro Driver and Championship, championship tier patrons will get first crack at that. We're only making 100 individually numbered, so they will sell out very, very quickly. Uh, go look at my Instagram if you want to see what the watch looks like. It's really, really cool. Uh, I saw one news story that I thought was interesting real oh? quick. Oh, Hummer EV-based military truck concept. Uh, Six seats, tube frame, and a diesel generator range extender. I just thought it was really interesting that it's like... Full circle? Well, it's like a hybrid that goes... Yeah, it's full circle, but it makes sense because the amount of money the military spends on fuel uh, every day and every week and every year, et cetera, et cetera, is really high. So they could plug this in at a base, and then I think it gets... Where's the range? Well, here's what's... 100 miles of range... In EV mode, which no is, wait oh wait twelve oh that, sorry no that's charge, not right charge twelve in twelve minutes it'll get up to hundred miles of range yeah two it it's goes. got the Hummer battery pack two hundred kilowatt battery a thousand horsepower three hundred mile range yeah in electric mode but like the one they've shown a picture of doesn't have doors yes or a roof it looks <laughs> like a big side by side. Actually, yeah, it does. Which is, I don't think that would be the finished product because it'd be incredibly dangerous to drive yeah. that around in a conflict area. Yeah, um, I just thought it was interesting that they're gonna, you know, they're they're taking a look at. I guess it's a concept, but taking a look at going EV hybrid mm-hmm. because the amount of money and difficulty spent on bringing fuel to bases and uh, buying fuel for vehicles is so high, and it's just it's just funny to me. That's like, so. It's, it's so like. <laughs> I love the sign, of the, and this is on Autoblog. The, the sentence right there, could, could go down, great sentence. The military didn't request this new concept, a, G, a GM defense spokesperson telling Defense News. It was built as a sign of potential. The thing about the military is, ironically, they're one of the most wasteful organizations on the planet, the mm-hmm. U.S. military. The planes literally dump fuel into the atmosphere before landing. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. And they they have burn pits, which John Stewart has spent a year advocating for, you know, for the people that are affected, only in our country, mind you, uh, but the people that are affected by dealing with those burn pits. Like, the military doesn't give a flying fuck about being clean. Of course not. And yet... What makes the what makes anyone think they're gonna fucking buy these electric trucks? Oh, if it saves them money, that's how the would only it possibly save the money on fuel. If buying these allows them to I, not spend, I looked this up. It was like they're spending eighty eight bucks a day per person just bringing fuel to you know various places. But that's it's not why they their money. It. Their budget just keeps growing every year. They just get more. Very true. It's not they're not spending their own money. Uh, I also read that one of the most di- the let's see. The most injuries or deaths from IEDs for soldiers are a result of logistics and simply transporting goods around to bases and things. So how does a, th- a, a if you vehicle have to bring, being electric— If you have to bring—if you don't have to bring fuel as frequently to a base or to an outpost or uh-huh. something like that, just re- it could reduce that. This is me speculating. But where are they supposed to charge these fucking things you, at the I mean, base? You charge them at the main base, and then they could either be running big generators there or they could be running solar. I don't know. 
But a, and again, but a, it's a concept a, a to diesel, sell to them. A diesel Hummer could go that same distance on diesel, and you'd fuel it at the main base. So I don't see how it eliminates those trips. I don't know. I don't think that uh, would work. I'm trying to be optimistic. Well, that's fine, but I think this is a. I think they're trying to like do a thing that that no one's gonna do. Oh, I mean, people pitch shit to the military or other companies all the time, where they're like, "Here's an idea," and they go, "No, you know, yeah, here's my like, submarine with you know screen door." Or whatever. If someone said that, like, there's a real problem with the enemies hearing us coming. And so this is silent. They did say this is this has silent drive. Sure. And silent watch. Uh, I imagine that would probably there's there's something there. I I'm think you'd sure. hear tire noise though. Of like course that's you one would. of the loudest things you hear when a car's moving over. If a, if an H one drives by outside, you hear tires. <laughs> yeah, you don't hear. There's a guy on my street that I with a fucking the most broed out Jeep that has never seen a dirt trail in its life, but I can hear that motherfucker's tires coming mm-hmm. from so far away. I just like I forgive me for being skeptical but like I don't see how someone who has no responsibility to be clean in any of their other operations mm-hmm. is not spending their own money on fuel they're mm-hmm. spending our money not their money what do they care about fucking electric cars and you have to and you have a potential where if the thing dies um, can you, if the, if it's got this diesel range extender, can mm-hmm. you keep driving or do you have to, okay, wait, oh, oh, I just saw on the thing. I just saw on the thing. Go back down. It said a diesel generator that can provide quote, limited charging and propulsion. So I guess you might limited means you might be able to drive up to maybe 30 miles an hour, up to some right. lower speed. To, you know, at lower power. It won't to get be as home. fast, of course, but it so, will keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they wouldn't, I mean, they would never go full EV because right. then you could get stuck somewhere yeah. and then the vehicle's there forever. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's something that someone, you know, what GM Defense is going, hey, do you guys want this? Yeah. And the military will evaluate it for a long time before they say yes or no. Right. I don't know. Um, so, I, I thought it was an interesting idea. I mean, it, it, it makes sense to, to build a concept. I just, the idea that the military, which is accountable to fucking nobody, would be like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna be green. Like, no, you're not. Stop no, it. I the, I don't think they would ever say the, that. One of the it's one of the organizations that should be the very first to be green. No, because they're such an enormous polluter. I I would only see them doing this if it saves money that they can then put into something else. Yeah, which is easier for them than. The marketing is easier to the American people to say, we've gone a little bit green, and now we can use that money to do something else instead of asking for another $400 million. I think they are not ashamed at all to ask for another $400 million, and every time they ask, they get everything they've wanted, and it doesn't matter who the fucking president is, and it doesn't matter who controls Very the true. Senate. The budget just goes up. That's true. And they keep failing those damn and audits. It's amazing. They need TurboTax. It's amazing. <laughs> They hook you up with an expert for one ninety nine, bro. The audits, yeah, fifty grand for a trash can, baby. But if you don't have a latte today, 
you can buy that dream house you always wanted. Dude, there was there was a hearing I saw that was a, that was like I think it was Katie Porter, Representative Katie Porter. Oh, she's awesome. good at math. She's Katie great Porter's at math. Good at math. And she had facts, and she was just yep. interviewing these companies. Like, how come this thing you sell here for twelve dollars was four hundred dollars there? Yeah. And I know that some of it there's transport costs, but she was just like, "What was your compensation last year?" And, yeah. he, and he said. The, the executive responded. He's like, I think you have it in front of you. And she's like, I do. Uh, it was $25 million last year. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just amazing. Yep. Things are great. Anyway, yeah. let's go. With the anyway, question. the Patreon. So we can speaking, buy an electric Hummer. Speaking, yeah. uh, um, all right. Dave Cucci, great username, found a 2008 E55 AMG for $26,000 with 70,000 miles. Uh, would be replacing a Nissan Maxima as a daily driver. What business you in, Dave? Uh, <laughs> Twenty six thousand bucks for an 08 E fifty five with seventy k seems high. It does. Uh, Adam, one of your employees, was telling mm. me a friend of his just bought a CLS. 2012. Oh, we were showing him the Rentec video. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he bought a 2012 CLS 550 on offer up for 10 grand, and he had to take it to a dealership and get a few things fixed for like three. So he's into that for 13, and it's four years newer and uh, yeah. faster. That's just that seems high, man. I, I don't, and I haven't looked at what the market price is of those 55s. Um, but for a, for a while, like. Up to and including very recently, they were like ten to fifteen thousand dollars. They were not expensive. Here we go. What do we got? You got a little cars and bids. Cars comps. And bids. Got some comps. Here we go. Yeah, dude. Look at these prices. <laughs> uh, here we go. Wow. So a two thousand. Oh, that's the that's the one gen before though. Oh, that's a better one. So two thousand four E fifty five. Uh, sold for twelve thousand. Sold for uh, this one's bit. close. Okay, here, uh, here, here. Go, go to the top right. O five e fifty five. This one is how many miles? Hundred thousand miles. And this sold one for twenty four. Twenty four. Okay. Holy All right. Crap. So maybe, maybe we're. God, that's a good. Maybe we car. are in the ballpark. Go back. Go back to the main results page. What else do we have? Uh, sold for. How about? Okay, there's the one in the middle. Silver sold for seventeen. Here's an O six. Has 103,000 miles. All right, so 70,000 miles, not bad. Wow. That is not, a really not, pretty not sedan. Not terrible. I do love it. Go go uh, up a little more. I want to be in 2023. I want to be in this year. You're down in the 22s. How about, uh, what about the one, that, the 04, second from the left, that one? Yeah. This one sold for 12 grand. 90,000 With 90,000 miles. Wow, that would have been the one to buy. Silver, I don't know, unless it's fucked up. Unless it, yeah. But uh, uh, no accidents no or mileage accidents. discrepancies. Actually, I think that was a good buy. I don't know, man. I mean, 70,000 miles is pretty low, but 26, I'd offer him like 23 and see if you could get it. Yeah, or 22. And I, and I, would, and I would make sure I had five to $10,000 yes. in your pocket for maintenance. I mean, the the powertrain on these cars is pretty stout. That fifty five powertrain is pretty good. It's more dependable than the sixty three that came after it. But old Mercedes, everything is fifteen hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivan Capote says, "What are your favorite sounding cars from each cylinder count?" That's a good one. 
I like okay. the, I like this also. How do they sound on the interior? Because that changes depending right. on how new the car is. So I guess we start with three. There's of, probably of a two-cylinder car somewhere, but I mean, um, I'm going to go with a Triumph Speed Triple. I know it's well, not a car, a car, but like three cylinders, where you have an I8. Yeah. Well, got the, you got the GR, GR Corolla. Corolla. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Mostly because it sounds like a four-cylinder. There's probably other three-cylinders. I8s you don't, know don't about. sound very good. Of course not. Yeah. Um, and if you're talking about its Triumph Speed Triple as a three-cylinder, then I'll throw in a fucking Ducati Desmo as a two-cylinder. But that is two cylinders. What's I'm saying? You want each cylinder count. Oh, okay. So best sounding four cylinder car. What? Man, you'd have to go back. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just looking up a list of three cylinder cars, which are mostly really boring. Um, the Buick Encore GX apparently really has a three uh, a one point three liter turbo three. Um, it's not yeah. America. That's got to be a China market car. Maybe I don't know. But yeah. anyway. So I think I, I would say for three cylinder cars in America, the GR Corolla is probably the best one. Yes. Four cylinder cars, you get a lot of lot of options here. But like I think you might have to go with something like older. Like an old Cosworth type engine. Like a BMW E thirty M three. Yeah. I'd mm. Or yeah, like a co- like a Cosworth, like a like an Escort Mark II. I think I think any cam. inline four with side drafts. Yeah, That's or like a Lotus Elan twin cam engine. Mm. Integra Type R engine's pretty good. The Integra Type R is excellent. <laughs> Original Esprit, yeah, is pretty good. Um, no Austin Healy. Does anything have a V four? Any yeah, car? Yeah, Saab Saab Sonnet. I've never heard one or even seen one. Uh, It's not that great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Once you said Saab, I went, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. That's not my answer. Uh, uh, Favorite six-cylinder? I mean, it's got to be a 350Z. So many options, dude. Like E28 M5 uh, or S54, you know, E46 M3. That's a a great sounding car. You go VR6. Any, any car with a VR6. Yeah, Ooh, one rolled up to the restaurant I was at this morning. Old first gen R32 on TEs looked great. Yeah. VR6 is a great sounding engine. Eight, I mean, there's just fucking so many Ferrari, Ferrari. 355. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or you know, 360 or or maybe a uh, Alfa Romeo Montreal, which sounds incredible. It's a small that does sound 2. Really good. liter V8, but somehow sounds it sounds awesome. like a 4.8. Like it sounds yeah, uh, like beefier than it because is. It, you know why? Because it's front mounted and it's got the long pipes mm. running out the back, as opposed to being rear mounted with a short. A short oh, right. kind of, and it's a cross plane engine. It's not a flat plane engine, so it sounds like it sounds a little really muscle car good. motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ten. I mean, it's got to be the the Lamborghini M5. or yeah. Oh, I was say M five maybe. They're very close. They're really close in yeah, sound. Yeah, E sixty M five sounds pretty fucking good with pipes on it. It's yeah. not the Viper. That's what I no, will no, say. No, no, it's definitely not the too Viper. too big. Uh, and 12? best V twelve. I mean, there's there's too many to fucking count. I think they all sound very similar, yeah. and they all sound amazing. You know, you could go with like uh, a Ferrari two fifty, you know, GTO, that or you could go good. with like an F fifty Ferrari, or you can go with a five fifty Ferrari. I mean, yeah, it's honestly it's whatever V twelve drives past me that moment with, <laughs> with exhaust. That's my favorite of, of, yeah. of the day. My Vanquish at seven thousand RPM sounds Asin, pretty sounds pretty sound crazy. Great. Yeah, or you go Pagani. 
Yeah, it's, there's not a bad one. There, there are no yeah. bad V12s. Or you straight pipe a CL600 and it sounds like a Pagani. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew Clark says, uh, I finally did the thing and got an NA Miata. If you had a clean slate, what are some quality of life things you would improve about the Miata without trying to unshitbox the car? I'm thinking about better seats and a little heat insulation on the trans tunnel. Both oh, good choices. Yeah. Dynamat and good seats. Yep. Yeah, that's, those that are good. Trans tunnel cooks. Yeah. Lightweight wheels and good tires. Those you know, help a lot. Good brakes. Good brakes. I mean, these are that's a little that's a little lightweight car, so you don't want to do too much. It's gonna add weight. But things it's like It's also not a shitty car, it's just a small, cheap car that's thirty years old. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't made badly at the time. Right. So you don't want to make it you can't make it too comfortable, but I also think it I don't think it's that fucked up. Right. But a little bit of dynamat does go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Somebody. Oh, if your shift boot is old, replace that. That changed. My car got so much quieter and cooler inside because the shift boot was cracked. Uh, okay. Already done. Uh, yeah, we covered that. S- SG90 has apparently asked this question multiple times, and it's a very hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. He wants to know. As someone who appreciates HRE wheels, I would appreciate your thoughts on what factors contribute to their premium price point compared to Volk Racing wheels. Both brands are known for offering high-quality forged wheels. What characteristics justify the higher cost of HRE wheels? For instance, some model can just can range from seven to ten thousand dollars, whereas a Volk typically costs around four thousand dollars. Um, I'm struggling to justify the additional investment cost. Uh, where are Volk wheels made? I was made? Googling that exact so thing. So HRE wheels are made in California. California is one of the most expensive places on the planet yeah. to manufacture things. Uh, Volks are made, they're owned by Rays, and yeah. they're made in Japan. Okay. So that's an enormous part of it. A wheel made in Japan versus a wheel made in California is a huge difference. Um also, I don't. I mean, I don't know the exact wheel you're talking about, and you know, HREs are custom fit. You know, I don't. I don't know what this what wheel this person is talking about, and it may not be apples to apples. They have a huge uh, variety of finishes. They have a huge variety of styles that they make. Um, they're very high quality, but they're made in America. They're made in in Southern California. Like, that is... Now, does that necessarily do you give a shit? Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Um, If you do, if you want to support American manufacturing, then maybe you care. Now, yes, it it could be a lot of money uh, difference. Do I look at a set of Volk wheels and go, those are shitty compared to HREs? No, I don't. They're nice wheels. TEs look good on everything. Mm -hmm. But um, can I understand why a high-value item like a set of high-performance wheels that's designed to manufacture in California versus one that's designed to manufacture in Japan could be different? Yeah, totally. Also, and... Uh, and granted, I'm just looking into all of this now, but at Volk's site, they don't have as many customizable options as HRE. Like you mm-hmm. said, I've also been to HRE, but they have this huge color palette that you can choose from yeah. anything you want. It's like virtually infinite. Yeah. And 
Maybe that's the case at Ray's at a different menu, but what I'm looking at, I've looked at a few wheels, oops, and they just have like the color it comes in. And it's like, here's, I mean, here's I, four different variations. Yeah, like I've certainly seen Volk wheels like in a million colors, right? They're, they put TEs on all kinds of shit. And I don't know if they're coming in all those colors or if people are having them powder coated uh, or painted locally. Mm-hmm. But like you can get HREs from the factory in literally any color you can imagine. So um, I, I, I don't know if that... Uh, there's nothing in it for me. Like I happen to like these wheels. I I there's other reasons for liking other wheels. They're certainly very expensive. Like mm-hmm. I get that. And from being at their factory a million times, and from talking to the people who design them, and seeing what they do and how they do it, like I can see where the price comes from. I've never been to the Ray's factory. <laughs> I don't know. It might be amazing. Um, but. Uh, and maybe it's not justified for you, and that's totally okay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think what's good is that both the both the companies are known for making really high quality products. So if if you want if you want to get a raised wheel or a Volks wheel, you're definitely not uh, sacrificing quality. You, you can compare it to like. cars too. Like the Porsche, a, a Porsche is more expensive than an Audi. You know, Macan versus Q5. A Porsche is more expensive, even if you get the same spec, because the option to do all kinds of custom shit is there, even if you don't take it. Mm. You know, like you, yeah, you, if you do the crazy like leather air vents or whatever, yeah, that's more expensive, but everyone has to pay more so that. You can do it. So they can that, have a technician so and the tooling there to give those options, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tim S. says, I put 4,000 miles on an Integra A-spec manual. Is the Type S an even better daily, or is it better at going beyond daily? Well, it's I, not a worse daily. The Type S versus the regular Integra? It's not worse. yeah. It's, it's stiffer. It, it's a little, a little bit. bit stiffer. It's just yeah. It's a little bit stiffer, and the seats are different. I mean, honestly, it's like the same car. It's just faster it's, and will get slightly worse gas mileage. Yeah. So if if your daily needs are efficient um, highway cruiser, yeah, then stay with the A spec because yeah. I got thirty two miles per gallon at best um, in the Type S. I don't know where you're getting in the A spec, but man, I hope it's upper thirties. Yeah. I could look it up, but yeah. Gunnar Ray says. Between me and Camisa, who is the better driver? I think it's probably pretty close. It'd be a good race. I think it would be a pretty good race. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever directly competed against Camisa in anything, but I think it would be a pretty good race. He's a very good driver. I'm okay. Derek says, what are we eating on the 4th? I'm going to smoke some chicken. Spatchcock. You guys want to come over? What is Spatchcock? Is, is uh, the missus back or is she gone? She gets back Tuesday. That is the 4th. And then she has to go to work. Wait. Tuesday is the 4th. She has to work on the 4th, I think. Fucking bullshit. Oh, well, we can come over for dinner. Yeah. So we're doing a Spatchcock smoked chicken. What is, is Spatchcock where the chicken's from? Or is it a <laughs> no, type of... No, Spatchcock is where you cut the spine out of the chicken and, and oh, yeah. flay it open. I've done that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Nice even cook that way. Mike uh, Manillo says, what are some cars that you've driven that were stylistically awesome but were garbage to drive? The Alfa Romeo 8C. 
And the 4C. And the 4C, yeah. The 8C is one of the most beautiful cars ever made. Yeah. It sucks that it's bad to drive. Um, First-gen Mercedes SLS. The, it wasn't, I won't say garbage, but it was very sloppy to drive and handled very badly. The GT, mm-hmm. which was the updated version, they refined a lot of things in the suspension. It was much better to drive. Also, uh, the SLR McLaren. DB11. DB11. That car. Not good. Not good. Not good. They fixed it in later versions when they brought in some new engineers for the chassis, I think, or uh, suspension. There but. was an update when they did the V8, but yeah. it's still not not great. Mm. Uh, also, like all of those Aston Martins in the 90s, like the V600 and shit like that. Um, the Most muscle cars. Anything, any American car from the 60s. <laughs> yeah. All trash. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, all straight trash. Uh, any Bronco, uh, any old Bronco, any classic Bronco, pretty much. Uh, any, any international scout. All Land Rover Defenders. Trucks until 98 yeah. to early 2000s, yeah. pretty much. Uh, Anonymity says, how do we catch the magic of 80s cars like the Countach and DeLorean for kids in the present day? Look, time moves on. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. I mean, I don't – I think that question makes an assumption based on somewhat flawed premise, which is that – Kids are not intrigued by today by supercars today, which if you go to any car show and there's little kids there, they lose their shit over brand new supercars today. Like right. they're doing it. That's what I mean though, is if if his question is if kids are into new McLarens, new Lamborghinis, but they're not interested in, in DeLoreans or Countaches, I think that's it's just what it is. Like our excitement as children comes from positive memories of mm-hmm. things we're exposed to. So if your kid, if you watch the, um, Back to the Future with your kid, and you love it, and they love it, they're going to like DeLoreans. Yeah. If they're bored by that movie because it's just made at a different time, they're probably not going to like DeLoreans. So yeah. it's just it is what it is. The Kunchash, I do think, looks so spacey and aggressive that yeah. any kid would get, think it's cool. Kids tend to like mine. It's got a fucking wing on it. Yeah, it's red. It's, like yeah, it They'll be cool. into that. Uh, Miles Lark says, when was the last time you saw a Chevy HHR in the wild? I see those around a lot. They made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It's I not it's I don't know, like two weeks ago. I don't know where you're at, but like they're they were only like, you know, ten, fifteen years ago and they're still around. Mm-hmm. I see the panel van ones around too. Like yeah. locksmiths use them shits. Yeah, they're around. Um IH Cheese, what car video games did you play during your formative years? Uh I didn't play a lot of car video games. Oh. That's why you're more productive. <laughs> Yeah, I was never that into video games. I, I mean, we played we played uh, N sixty four Goldeneye, and Mario Kart, and, but that was that was really I didn't do play a lot of racing video games. I didn't equate it to actual driving. Oh, for me it was the early taste, absolutely, yeah. and like Need for Speed Hot Pursuit, where you're mm-hmm. running from police. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. Oh, I think I did play that on PC mm-hmm. back in the day. Need for Speed, yeah, I played I that, that Gran one. Turismo. I played a like little Forza, bit of Gran maybe. Turismo. But I never, uh, I didn't buy, I didn't buy a game system between N64 and Xbox 360. Like there was like 15 years where I did not own whatever the current gaming system was. Yeah. I was like, I had a huge gap from Sega to Xbox, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Max K says... Early 30s, living in San Francisco, walking commute, and few life responsibilities. Zero reason to buy anything practical. 
and I want to take advantage of that. I have garage parking. I'm going to drive 5,000 miles a year with four to five track days. What would you get? What is the, the most fun for $50,000? Currently looking at a six-speed E92 M3. That's a pretty good choice. It's a great car. Yeah, pretty good I choice. 50K. I might get a Cayman also. I mean, it's not outrageous, but, um, you know, 5,000 miles a year isn't nothing. That's, a, that's, a, that's an okay Almost amount. Almost half of, the national average. Yeah. So, like, a, a Cayman or a Boxster would probably be a lot of fun. Um, 50K. I don't mm-hmm. think that'll get you into a 996 Turbo. I don't think so. I don't think it would anymore. No. Um, I could E92 M3 is it'll get you a great E46 M3, but that might feel like going backwards from where you're at now. It won't get you an Elise, will it? Yeah, it will. Oh, it'll get you an Elise. Yeah, Ooh. it'll it'll have a bunch of miles on it, but it'll get you an Elise. That could be exciting. Yeah, all Elises all Elises are thirty five to forty five thousand dollars, pretty much. Elises could be could be very fun, and that is truly impractical. Yeah. Uh, and the roof track comes car. off for nice days. Be fun for a track. Um, I hate them, but it'll get you an Alpha 4C. <laughs> Don't know. For track days? I, Hell no. No, that's true. Uh-uh. Pretty pretty terrible. Uh, it'll get you an Ariel Atom. Yeah. You, if you want to fucking die. If you want to eat bugs and have them flap your pants. Get it, the Lexan side panels. Good yeah. lord. It'll get you a whole bunch of Corvette. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're, you're into C6 Z06s, and they're a lot of fun. Good track car. Yeah, that's a great overall car. Obviously. Yeah, that's a lot. They're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a uh, what? There's just you get a nice Elises for sale in Carson yeah. bids. Yeah, Ali- I mean an Elise, especially. I don't know if it'll get you an Elise SC. You, and you might be able to get the supercharger later from somewhere else. I don't know where you buy the supercharger. But. Well, Elise, an Elise Cup R is f- sold for fifty three. Great. Wow. Yeah, there you go. I, I, an Elise would be. A, is a very low responsibility vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, and they're durable for track use. They yeah, hold up really good. Exactly, that could be a lot of fun. Um, or fifty fifty grand might get you into a Skyline too. It, oh. it won't be a great one now. The market has moved quite a lot on that, but it'll get R32. you into a pretty clean R thirty two with with miles, and they're a lot of fun. There, I mean, that might be too practical. It's got a back seat and shit, and maybe you don't want that compared to an wow. Elise. I mean, R thirty twos are. 30 to 60 grand. Yeah. Wow. That's what I mean. It'll get you like a pretty good one, but not an amazing one. But, they're, basically but they are a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like if if, if you have – a Skyline is a great driving and ownership experience that I recommend. Um, and right-hand drive is, is a fun novelty. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about something that's like impractical for shits and giggles, driving on the other side of the, ro- of the car is one of those things. Yeah. And it's not hard. Uh, Ivan says, "What cars offer often offer awesome driving experiences, but will not be considered classics or relevant in the future? Have you tried something that was engaging and fun, but we'll forget about next year? Hyundai ends. You know hmm. they're engaging and fun, but they're certainly not going to be classics. Uh, modern GTIs, not it's, particularly I think- interesting." I think some of the ends will be classics because as manuals go away, they'll be the option people see. They'll be another Integra Type R mm-hmm. or Type S or whatever that's available. Sure. I think that I wrote McLaren 650S because I think there's so many – you can get that same taste from so many McLarens and the new fastest one's usually the best one. Yeah. So I don't know if the 650S would be memorable or classic. 
I mean, certainly McLaren Sports Series cars, the five series, the five series cars, except for the LT, those mm-hmm. those depreciate. Yeah, um, I'm sure F types will ultimately have a a, a resurgence because they're they good will. looking cars. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna hang out down at the uh, the bottom for a while. And like the R will be famous because it's insane. Right, right. Uh... No, I like that one. That's a tough I like one. XK175, but I like that car. Yeah, or XKR rather. Um, Pontiac um, Solstice GXPs with the turbos—they're pretty cool. And the mm-hmm. Saturn Skies—I think—I think, Sa- I, I think it would be—it's a tough, tough sell for a Saturn to become something that will be an appreciating classic in any way. I mean, the, the Pontiac, this, the coupe is a really pretty car, but then yeah. you open the door and it looks like the most boring rental car in the world. Yeah. Which kind of takes away from it? Um, e thirty nine five series that uh, the, like the five thirty and the five forty i sport uh, six speed. Those are both great driving experiences and a good good sized car that are not uh, particularly appreciated as classics. Mm-hmm. I wonder what will happen with newer like M cars and C sixty three AMGs and things as they get more complicated, and if they aren't perfect to drive, will those just be forgotten? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's about all I can, I mean, all I can really think of right now. It's still a pretty decent list. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Thanks, everybody. I hope you have a good 4th of July. Thank you for coming and playing with us today. And uh, please uh, point the fireworks away from your own face when you light them. Yes. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Bye.